choir has sung sufficiently. Um, but there's a psalm that says, if I were in control of my life, I think that I would have worked things out much differently. There would be no hurt, no pain. Of these things, my life would be scot-free. But that just goes to show how little I know about leading and controlling my life. For all these things have come to work their very best in my life. I want to go to Genesis today, the 29th. Do you feel something in the atmosphere today? Genesis, the 29th chapter. Let's start in the 13th chapter, the 13th verse of the 29th chapter. It says, and it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, surely thou art bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And he abode with him in the space of a month. Laban said uh, to Jacob, because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the eldest was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter, and Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me, and Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went in unto her, and Laban gave unto him his daughter Leah, Zilpah, his maid for handmaiden. And it came to pass, and in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? The 27th verse, fulfill her uh, week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. Can I read a little more? And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to wife also. Laban gave Rachel um, his daughter, his handmaiden, to be her maid. And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah. 
Now, in uh, the original translation, it does not say that he loved Leah more. It said that he loved Leah and served with him yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bare a son. And his name was Reuben, for the Lord surely hath looked upon my affliction. And then she bared another son. She bared that son because she said that her husband will love her. Then she bared another son. Amen. And uh, she called and said, because the Lord hath heard thee, I was hated. He hath therefore given me a son also. And she called him Simeon. Then she conceived again and called her son Levi. And then she conceived again and called her son Judah. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I want to talk uh, today for a few moments um, from these words. My reality is not as pretty as my fantasy. My reality is not as pretty as my fantasy. Um, what is a fantasy? A fantasy is a imagination, a grand imagination of what one would desire um, as opposed to that which one already has experienced. A fantasy is something that does not reflect reality, but it reflects what you wish would be the alternative to your reality. Anybody here ever had a fantasy? You ever had a dream or a hope to achieve something or to possess something that was far beyond your reach, but being able to have that fantasy or that dream was comforting to you. You wrapped yourself in it. It was a way to escape from your reality. And as a matter of fact, there are some people who have developed fantasies so much so that even though they're not real, they have convinced themselves that their fantasy has replaced their reality. You got a lot of people that are walking around living this life, but they are living a lie. They are not living that which is true. They're not living that which is real. They are living because they have convinced themselves that there is something other than what is real for them that uh, actually if they would ignore their reality that it would just erase what really is existing in their lives. And I want to say to you today that your reality is your reality whether you embrace it or not. It is your reality. It doesn't matter how uh, you try to soup it up. It doesn't matter how you try to dress it up. Your reality does not change because you choose to ignore it. Your reality is what it is. Somebody say it is what it is. I remember when I was in school and I was living in a one-room efficiency and I had roaches crawling through the vent. I can't get nobody in here today. And I had mice that periodically got caught 
in uh, the fan in the back of the refrigerator. I can't get no help in here today. It, it wasn't because I was nasty, because I wasn't, never been nasty, but it was because of the fact that we were living in dilapidated conditions. And really the building that we lived in should have been torn down years ago. But it was during those days that I used to really dream and envision myself living in Buckhead. Y'all know about Buckhead? I dreamed about living in a high rise, in, in a tower that could see all over the city and would even have a view of Lookout Mountain from one angle and be able to see greenery and see the Chattahoochee River from another window. Uh, but no matter how much I dreamt about that, some days I would get in my truck, my 1992 Chevrolet Blazer, or sometimes I would get in my $400 car that didn't have a name on it. I don't know what it was, but I would get, I would get in that, amen, and I would drive. As a matter of fact, the last place I drove that $400 car that didn't have a name on it, I don't know who made it, I don't know what it was. The last time I drove that car, I drove it to Buckhead, and when it broke down, I got out and I caught the bus home, amen. But I would drive up there, and I would imagine myself living in one of these high-rises, and sometime I would lay down at night and I'd dream about it, you see. I would dream about this. But no matter how much I imagined that or dreamt about it, when I woke up out of my dream, my reality was that I was in a one-room efficiency with roaches crawling out of the vent and mice trapped in the back of the refrigerator. That was my reality. That was my reality. Reality can never be replaced with fantasy reason why uh, we like to entrap ourselves in fantasy is because there's something in many instances about our reality that we don't desire. Something that we don't like. Even people, not myself, but even people who are bound by arrogance. I've discovered that when people are arrogant, it's not because they think they're all that, but it's because they really don't think that much of themselves. And when you don't think that much of yourself, sometimes because you can't handle who you really are, you try to present yourself as something that you're not. You better get over that person that is agonizing and interrogating and antagonizing you and trying to make you feel bad about yourself and causing you to have a complex and trying to make you feel as if they're better than you, you need to get over that person because in all actuality, they really think that you're better than them. And so the reason why they're trying to break you down is because they don't feel as good as you. I'm going to give you, that's five points for you to get some self-esteem back. Get it? Get it back. Get it back. Because some folk have been beat down in life. You have been told what you're not. You've been told what you would never be. You've been told that you ain't good for nothing. You've been told that you were not beautiful. You've been told that you weren't pretty. You were told that something was wrong with you. You've been told all 
all kinds of things. And sometimes when we hear things like that repetitiously over and over again, we begin to believe it. I want you to know that people who are abusive, they will abuse you because of the fact that they really don't feel good about themselves. And misery loves company. In order for them to feel like something, they have to step on top of you to make themselves feel better. Why can't we all just feel good about ourselves together? Why can't you be pretty and me be nice looking at the same time? Why do you have to be ugly so that I can be good looking? Why do you have to be dull so that I can shine? If I'm real, if I'm sincere, if I really got what it takes, I'll shine anywhere I go. I want you to get your esteem back. I want you to get your value back. I want you to know who you are because many people fall for anything because they don't have any standards. Now let's get into the biblical text. Now the first thing, this is just a free point that I want to pass out to you. We're talking about Jacob, a man by the name of Jacob. Now Jacob is a man, we've talked about him before. Jacob is a man who has struggled all of his life. All of his life, he has struggled. He has fought for position. He has fought for identity. He didn't know who he was. He was fighting to steal his brother's birthright. He was fighting for his daddy's attention. He was fighting for people to accept him. He was fighting for people to embrace him because he did not know who he was. But the Bible said that he is running. Now he's running from place to place, trying to find roots, trying to find identity. How many of us know what it is to just go from place to place sometimes trying to find ourselves we've gone from job to job from career to different career we have changed our hairstyles more my god than pages in the yellow pages in one week uh, come on in here, somebody. We have, we have gone from church to church. We have moved from auxiliary to auxiliary. We have moved from friends to friend because we are find, trying to find a place that is going to identify us, trying to find a place that we can call home because somewhere down the line, we did not get the nurture that we were looking for. We didn't get the affirmation that we were looking for in the time that we needed it the most. And so now we're going trying to grab whatever we can get from anywhere. You got some people that will try to get a compliment from anywhere. You got some folk that have no standards. They'll go with anybody. Come on. They'll hook up with anybody. They'll let anybody be their friend. And you're looking at them saying, you're better than that. You deserve more than that. But really their esteem is so low and their personal sense of value is so low until they don't even know what they deserve. They're just so desperate and so needy that they will go for anything. Let me tell you, it is a dangerous thing to be desperate. It's a dangerous thing to be needy. And some of us need to pray, Lord, deliver me from a spirit of disparity. Deliver me. I know I'm in the house today. I don't care how y'all look at me. Lord, deliver me from being desperate. Show me who I am. I was a fool once before, but God, don't let me be again. God, what I have is worth something. What I have is worth value. I am a person of good character. I am a person of virtue. I 
am a person of honor and I need to be able to protect what I have. And what I have, you can't just get for free. But there was a price that was paid for what I have. And when you come this way, you better come correct. I can't get no help in here today. You better come correct. And so the next lesson that we see after we see that Jacob is struggling and he's running from place to place, he's found himself in another place gazing, grazing in the field. And he comes across a woman by the name of Rachel. And Rachel was beautiful. Rachel was tantalizing to the eyes, was good to look at. Rachel was attractive. Rachel had it going on. Now the Bible doesn't tell us everything about Rachel because beauty is really in the eye of the beholder. You know today now because of western culture and western society and all of that we have an image of what beauty really is. But the Bible didn't say. I think the reason why it didn't say everything about her attributes is so that you could call yourself Rachel. Come on in here, somebody. It didn't say, it did not say exactly what size Rachel was. Come on. Amen. Because, you know, some folk like it big. Some folk like it small. Come on. Some folk like it Coca-Cola. Some folk like it two liter, four liter. Come on in here, somebody. Whatever you got is somebody for you. Man, you got to learn how to be grateful for what you have. Be learn, learn how to be excited about the beauty that God has given to you. Find attributes about yourself and call them beautiful. You may have some scars. Stop calling them scars. These are beauty marks. Ain't no more. That is a beauty mark. That is what makes me beautiful. Bible said that she was beautiful and uh, I'm not going I'm not even I don't even want to get too deep in the story because when you read it you're going to find some stuff that's going to confuse you and I don't have time to straighten that out this morning so I'm going to stay on the surface somebody say stay on the surface we're just going to deal with what's important for today but the Bible says that uh, Rachel's father Rachel's father Laban uh, looked at him <laughs> and said uh, uh, what is it that you want you're here I'm bringing you into my house and, and I want you to work in my field but I cannot let you work for free and the Bible said that, uh, that Jacob said I want your daughter Rachel I want you to give your daughter Rachel to me now first of all understand that at least they had some kind of standards in biblical times I don't know where we are today where we have no standards. This man asked the girl's daddy, said, I want your daughter. I want permission to have your daughter's hand in marriage. He said, all right, that's not a problem, but I need you to work for seven years before I let you marry her. Seven years. What's up with this? You meeting somebody tonight and y'all got married tomorrow. What's up with that? Come on in here, somebody. And then you want to send your daddy an email, a text. Oops, by the way. See, some stuff, the reason why it ain't right, Dessa, is because we started the wrong way. 
And I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not telling you. I'm not trying to tell you that that you know that you've got to uh, that you've got to undo everything that you've done. But some things we at least need to apologize for. Some stuff we need to acknowledge. You know what? This was the wrong thing I did. We did not do this the right way. So we gonna, what we're going to at least do is we're going to put ourselves on a fast. We're going to, Lord, forgive us, and we're going to pray that God would correct, correct this mess that we made. He said after seven years, after seven years, after seven years, then I'll let you marry her. Now, did y'all read the same text I read? The Bible said after seven years, he said to him, he said, I've worked seven years. It's time for me to get married to your daughter so that I can go into her. Did y'all read that? Sound like to me, he waited seven years. What's up with y'all giving it up without paper? Oh, y'all don't like this today. Y'all don't like this today. Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? Somebody say, I'm better than that. I want our little girls to understand. I said this last week. You're better than that. Don't give your virtue up to some joker. Oh, I know it's tight. I know it's tight here. I know it's tight because he here. He here, ain't he? <laughs> Don't let no Delilah overtake you. She's here. Let me tell you something. Delilah, she comes to church. She comes to church. Yes, she does. She ushers. She sings in the choir. Come on, somebody. Delilah comes to church. Don't allow anybody to rob you of your virtue. Seven years he waited and said, now, we, I, I want to marry her so that we can lay together. I got to outline this stuff for y'all. I'm I only been up 15 minutes. Give me 15 more minutes. I'm going to try to be done. Sometimes we got to teach some stuff because some people don't know. Some people don't know. You don't lay up with anybody you're not married to. The Bible said that when, when Jacob kissed Rachel, she ran. She ran over a kiss. She ran and told her daddy, children, if somebody kiss you, you better run. Tell your daddy, I ain't got no daddy. Tell your mama, I ain't got no mama. Tell your pastor. You got somebody. Come on, say we all got somebody. It is, a, it, is, it is against God's law. It is against God's law. It is against God's law of divine order for you to engage yourself 
in sexual activity before being married. It's a reason. And let me, let me, tell, you, let me tell you something. One thing is, when you have laid up with this one, that one, and the other one, when you get married, you are bringing all of those spirits, those ties and connections into that marriage. And you are producing and creating multiple spirits of bondage and soul ties. And you don't know what's going on with you, but you picked up a spirit from somebody you don't even know. Now I hear somebody say, oh Lord, I'm messed up now. Done messed up because you done been with so many people you don't even know how many you've been with. You don't even remember who they are. That's okay. That's all right. Because now what you want to do is you want to be regenerated. Because if you have been bound by a soul tie of any kind, you need now to acknowledge the fact that you've been bound and you need to denounce that and seek God for his deliverance so that your new relationship can be pure and holy. And then you don't, Lord help me, y'all want me to quit? You don't abuse your new spouse because of what your old spouse did. Uh-uh. I'm going to pay for what I did. But I ain't going to pay for what Johnny and, and, and Kitty and, and Bobby and, and especially Lil Pookie because Lil Pookie was no good. You need to be delivered from the bondage of your past because you don't need to inflict that upon anybody else. Sometimes your marriage or your current relationship, it ain't working because you hadn't been delivered from before. And you mad at me because of what somebody else did. Can I help you out? Maybe you're not married, but we got some parents that are mistreating their children because you mad at their daddy. Or you mad at them? I can't get no help in here. Have you been mad before? I ain't got time. I don't need to be bothered with you right now. I ain't got no time right now. You look just like your daddy. You need to get out of my face right now. You looking just like your mama. You need to get up out. See, y'all laughing because y'all know y'all done said it. But the Bible says that I'm rushing to my clothes. I'm going somewhere today if you, if you stay with me. The Bible says that Jacob Seven years, y'all. Seven years. I'm sure. Not let, I'm sure that in seven years, thank God that he didn't touch the woman. Thank God. That he, we, don't, we don't encourage long courtships like that. We don't encourage you to date for seven years. Because, see, some of y'all are not as strong as, you know, And don't psych, stop psyching yourself out. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I hear something else. Did I, tell, did I forget to tell you you don't live with folk that you're not married to? They call that shacking up. 
And I, let me educate the children today. Let me educate this because sometimes, sometimes, Shaquilla, our children help us to stay safe. Charlotte, sometimes I say, ooh, ooh, pastor said. To the children, if your mama or your daddy is living with somebody in the bedroom that they are not married to, tell them, ooh. And you know that ain't your uncle. Now, I'm going to tell you, I said, now, Rachel was, Rachel was Jacob's cousin. Lord, have mercy. But that's, I said, I wasn't going to teach on that today. Somebody say it's wrong. I got to let y'all know this. It's wrong. We don't, we don't shack up. We don't cohabitate. But the Bible says that he waited seven years, and in seven years, I'm sure he had some fantasies. I'm sure that there were some things in his mind that he thought about. When I marry her, this is how life is going to be. When I marry her, this is what is going to be. And I'm sure before he even met her, she probably was the woman of his dreams. From the time he was young, he probably dreamt about having a woman like Rachel. Be honest, you've had some dreams from the time you were a child. You knew what kind of man you wanted, what kind of woman you wanted. You knew, all right. You knew what kind of house you wanted to live in. You knew what kind of financial status you wanted to have. You dreamt about that when you were a child. And now he has an opportunity to encounter the woman of his dreams. And now he's so close and he's fantasizing now about what he expects life to be like. How many of us have fantasized about what we wanted life to be like? How many of us will be honest and say, this ain't it? No, <laughs> uh, 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 no, nah, nah, this ain't matter of fact. You can have this. <laughs> this ain't it. But can you imagine how he must have felt after waiting seven long years? And finally being granted the opportunity to marry this woman. And he marries and he goes into the wedding chamber. He lays down with this woman and he wakes up the next morning saying, ooh, that was good. And he wakes up the next morning and he looks at her. And he said, wait a minute. I remember one time when I was in school, uh, I got up in the morning and I looked out the window because I used to park right across the street from my dorm. I looked out the window and I didn't see my truck. So, y'all, I went back to bed. Because I thought I was asleep, you know. I, thought, I got up and I looked again. I said, I'm tired. I went back to sleep. I got up the next time. I, look, I said, wait a minute, my, 
My truck been stole. He woke up and looked, and it was not the woman of his dreams. It wasn't Rachel. As a matter of fact, even though there was a relation between his dream and his reality, his reality didn't look like his dream. You know, sometimes we'll settle for something if it come close. If it come close. Don't, I don't have to make six figures, but give me somewhere in the high 90s. But he looked at this woman and the Bible said that she had weak eyes. She wasn't beautiful. And as a matter of fact, her name was Leah. And Leah is interpreted as meaning cow. She was referred to as a cow. Now who want to be called a cow? Can you imagine how her life was, all of her life being called a cow? Big old cow. Get in here, cow. What a horrible life that must have been for her. But the Bible said that, that Jacob, he hated my God. He hated Leah. He hated what happened to him because he had been tricked and he had been deceived into marrying her. And let me just talk to somebody in here today who says that that, that, that the, the life that I'm in, the situation that I have, it wasn't supposed to be this way. I was tricked. I was deceived. I was beguiled into getting into this situation. Now I want a ticket out of this. But let me tell you in here, life doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you cannot reverse what's already happened. Sometimes, even though life is not fair, you got to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. Sometimes you have to embrace the fact that what you dreamed about, what you fantasized about is not your reality. And instead of me sulking and trying to recreate what I had in my mind, I need to learn now how to deal with my reality. How do I deal with my reality? How do I deal with where I am right now? The Bible said that he tried to fix it. He went to Laban and he said, please, this is not the girl I wanted. Why did you trick me? And he said, well, I had to trick you because it is not lawful for me to give my youngest daughter before my oldest daughter. I had to give my oldest daughter away first. He said, but what I'll do is work another week and seven years and then I'll let you have Rachel. But now he has two things on his hand. He's got 
two wives now that he has to worry about taking care of. That was not in his dream. Is there anybody here today that said it wasn't in my plan? I got myself in one situation, but now my situation has multiplied. Now it's worse than it was in the beginning. This was not in my plan. This is not the way it was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to have to struggle the way that I'm struggling. I wasn't supposed to have to divide my time the way I'm dividing my time. I did everything I was supposed to do. You told me if I worked in the field for seven years, day and night. You told me if I was faithful to you. You told me that if I did everything I was trained and taught to do, that at the end of my work, that I would be rewarded for my labor. This is not the reward that I was looking for. And now I'm angry. I'm confused. I'm bitter. I'm hurting because my reality is so much different than my fantasy. Wish I had somebody in here that understood what I'm talking about in here today. And so the Bible, the Bible, the Bible gives us to know, my God, that because of the fact that Jacob hated Leah, which was representative of his reality, that it did happen first of all you got to admit and acknowledge that it did happen somebody say it did happen uh, yes it did happen I did get in this mess I did get in this situation and yes it does hurt yes it did make me cry yes it did make me bitter yes it did make me agitated yes it did cause me to build a defense mechanism yes it did make me mean I'm mean I got a reason to be mean you don't know what happened to me yeah I may have turned into some things that I shouldn't have done but you don't know what pushed me into that you don't know what happened in my mind you don't know what happened in my emotion it's a good thing that I'm here today because what I went through almost like to drove me crazy can you imagine how it must have felt I've had my hopes and dreams set on this woman for seven years and I don't woke up in the bed with a the woman that's like my worst nightmare what do you do when your worst nightmare becomes your reality so the Bible gives us to know mm, that when God saw how Jacob felt about Leah mm-hmm and what I love about God is that God is always trying to give us an opportunity to embrace our reality. God is always trying to give us an opportunity to accept the fact that it is what it is. My God, and God is always trying to give us a chance to make the best of what we have. My God, it may be bad, but I want you to know that God specializes in fixing up our bad situations. My God, it may be dark, but God specializes in shining light on dark situations. My God, it may be miserable and it may have been cruel, but God has a way of rewarding you in the midst of your reality. God has a way of turning negative situations into good situations. I need you to just think for a moment. I know you 
you wish you never met him. I know you wish you never met her. I know you wish you never worked on that job. I know you wish you never moved to that city. But when you did what you did, something came out of that that blessed your life. I can't get no help in here today. My God, I wish it didn't happen the way that it did. But I thank God that it happened because out of it, God produced something that was of quality and of value to me. And now I can't get no help in here. I don't know what I would do without the jewels that I picked up along the way in the wilderness. I picked up some friends. I picked up some coins. I picked up some wisdom along the way that has been a blessing to my life. Is there anybody in here that said, I want to thank God because even in my wrongdoing, even when I made a mess of things, God had a way of working some good in my bad situation. I hear Paul saying now that we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. I need you to railway back and say some way, somehow, it's going to work for good. It's going to make me better and not bitter. I'm getting ready to be better than I've ever been before. My God, and so the Bible gives us to know, uh, yes, that God, uh, he shut Rachel's womb up uh, and he opened up Leah's womb. Uh, God said, I want to teach you something, uh, that the thing that you've been fantasizing about, uh, the thing that you really thought you wanted, uh, really is not what you want. Uh, because sometimes we want things, but we don't know uh, what we're asking for. Uh, we want things, but we don't understand what's connected to what we're looking for. Uh, your dream, your fantasy is just a fantasy. Uh, all you see is the exterior. Uh, the only reason why Jacob wanted Rachel uh, was because she was pretty. Uh, because she was good to look at. Uh, but there are some things uh, that are good to look at. Uh, that are nothing more than something to look at. Uh, Bible says she was pretty, uh, but she was not productive. Uh, she was pretty, uh, but she could not produce any babies. Uh, she was pretty, uh, but she was not capable uh, of handling the seed uh, that was in Jacob's loin. Uh, God said, I'm setting something up for you uh, that may not be pretty, uh, but is able to handle uh, the seed that I put inside of you. Because what I, no, 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 what I put inside of you is an investment that I want to see grow. The reason, Jacob, why I pulled you out of the muck and the mire, the reason why I brought you from such humble beginnings, the reason why I allowed you, I said I allowed you to make the mistakes that you made is because I wanted you to learn the value of that which is qualitative. I want you to learn the difference uh, between clean and unclean. Uh, the reason why I allowed you to be a cheater uh, and a 
scheme, the reason why I allowed you to be a criminal is because I wanted to teach you how to have character after you've been delivered from a raggedy life. Is there anybody here that said, I thank God for delivering me. I'm not everything I'm going to be, but I, 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 I thank God that I'm not what I used to be. I, I, I've been changed. I've been delivered. I feel a shando in here, and I've been turned around. And so... I'm rushing to my clothes now. And so the Bible said that, that, that Rachel's womb was closed up. And every now and then God will set things up so that you will realize that what you wanted, it was not productive. You thought that you were going to have the perfect life. But what you thought you wanted wasn't going to bring you anything but misery, frustration, and strife. Is there anybody in here that's I've had some things that happened in my life because I planned things on my own. But the things that I planned on my own gave me misery and strife. It just made me frustrated. It just made me aggravated because I tried to hook up a blessing. I tried to fix up something for myself. But I've learned, I've learned, I've learned that the blessing of the Lord makes it rich and I had no sorrow. Let me tell you something in here. When God gives you a blessing, the blessing that God gives you, he doesn't give you to hurt you. He doesn't give you blessings to make you cry. He doesn't give you blessings to abuse you. If what you're in is hurting you, if what you're in is abusing you, if what you're in is destroying you, it is not the will of God. Because I, I, I heard God say, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper God said I want you to live the abundant life I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly God said I didn't design your head to be beat on I didn't design you to be caught out of your name God said I didn't design you to have low self esteem and feel bad about yourself but I created you in my image I created you so that you would be able to possess the royal treasure that I placed on the inside of you. And the Bible said that Leah's womb opened up. Somebody say she was ugly. She was unattractive. But her womb opened up. And the Bible said that she produced six boys. My God. And the six sons that she had, they produced half of the tribe of Israel, my God, and amongst those tribes was the tribe of Judah, my God. She said, I firstly, I named my first child because I wanted my husband to love me, my God. But after I wanted him to love me, I found out that he still was in love with Rachel, my God. But I kept on writing, I kept on having babies, and finally when I got down to Judah, I caught him praise because I realized that my reality may never be what 
I wanted to be. He may never love me. He may never really want me. But I'm going to praise the Lord. In everything, I'm going to give him thanks. I'm going to bless him in the good times. I'm going to bless him in the bad times. Is there anybody here that said it may never change? It may never get better. But I'm going to praise God for what I have right now. Because I believe if I praise him, God will. He'll work something out of my situation. And not only did she have Judah, but she gave birth to Levi. Levi was the father of the Levitical priesthood. My God, she out of her birth, out of her loins. She birthed promise. She birthed the future. And I come to tell somebody in here today that your reality might be ugly. Your reality might be bitter. Your reality might be shameful. Your reality might be miserable. But if you learn how to embrace your reality, your reality is going to produce something that's going to bless your life. Clap your hand and praise God. In here today, I come to tell you in here today that all of us have gone through pain. All of us have gone through hurt. All of us have gone through misery. All of us have been abused by some form and fashion of life. All of us have been neglected. All of us have been mistreated by some shape, form, or fashion in this life. But I come to tell you in here that it's not meant for you to run from it, but you need to embrace it. You need to be open and you need to be honest and say, God, this ain't what I was looking for. But since it happened, if you can use what I got, have your way in me. I come to tell somebody today that you may have been through the storm and the rain. You may have been through sickness and you may have been through pain. You may have got hooked up in a wrong relationship. You may have got addicted to an uncontrolled substance. You may have been afflicted by sickness or disease. You may have been neglected by your mother or your father. You may have been criticized uh, by your friends and your foe, uh, but I come to tell you uh, that God's got something uh, in the midst of your situation uh, that's going to produce uh, some glory uh, in your life. Uh, and it doesn't yet appear uh, what we shall be, uh, but we know uh, when he comes, uh, we shall uh, be like him. Uh, for I reckon uh, that the suffering uh, of this present time uh, is not worthy uh, to be compared uh, to the glory uh, that shall uh, be revealed uh, in me. Uh, high five uh, your neighbor uh, and say, neighbor, uh, I've got uh, a promise uh, in me. Uh, it's ugly uh, on the outside, uh, but it's fruitful uh, on the inside. Uh, don't hate uh, because I'm getting ready uh, to produce something uh, that's going to bless uh, my life. Uh, and not only uh, is it going to bless uh, my life, uh, but the world uh, is going to remember uh, that I, I am uh, the one that God used uh, to produce uh, this seed. Uh, I may uh, be black uh, and I may uh, be ugly, uh, but I uh, am 
productive. I got something in me. I produce Levi. I produce Judah and Judah and Levi will mighty fine. Come on in here, somebody. I must not be as ugly as they said I was because if I was ugly, if I was bad, good wouldn't come out of me. Something good is getting ready to come out of a bad situation. I know it's bad. I know it hurt. I know it's devastating. But something good is getting ready to come out of you. Can we travel? 40 and two generations. It still is Christmas in 42 generations. David was in this lineage. I look, my God, at Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho, but God made Rahab a mother of the church. 40 and two generation somebody said nothing good can come out of nazareth nothing good can come out of nazareth nothing good can come from the hood nothing good can come from milwaukee nothing good can come out of jail but can anything good come out of Nazareth I'm reminded of Jesus he was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothing he came out of Nazareth and he is the king of kings he is the lord of lord tell somebody I may have come from the dirt, but I am good. I am good. I may be from the hood, but I am good. I may have been on crack, but I am good. I may have been in jail, but I am good. Shout yeah! Shout yeah! Shout yeah! I gotta quit. I gotta quit. But when you embrace your reality, when you say, God, it ain't what I wanted, but since it's what you allow me to have, I'm willing to work with it. I'm willing to use what I got and let you add to it. Because if you anoint it, can I tell y'all something? God spoke to me, and I, I'm trying to quit, but God spoke to me and said, Micaiah, every time you get a chance, tell my people to get ready for restoration and recovery. I want you to know that in the coming year, God is getting ready to produce a testimony in some of us. God is getting ready to produce an anointing, oh my God. <laughs> 
And if you can just learn how to be faithful right in through here, if you can learn how to not quit and give up right in through here, I know it's been hard and I know it's been rough. And I know there were days that you felt like laying down and dying. I know there were days that you felt like not even being saved anymore. But, 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 but if you can just be faithful, let us not be weary in well-doing. Because we are going to reap if we don't faint. I just want to tell somebody in here, you're hanging on by a thread. But God told me to tell you, don't give up now because you're too close. I said you're too close. I said you're too close. You're too close to give up. I just can't give up. He brought me too far. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Something good is going to happen out of your negative situation. Something good is going to happen out of your bad situation. Missionary Jones, if we could go around this room and talk about what we've been through, we some strong people. We some strong people. If we were to go around and talk, we would be here all night long. Talking about our story, talking about our pain, talking about what we've been through. But I want you to know that God is going to bring something beautiful out of the ugly in our lives. Oh yeah, it was miserable, it was embarrassing for you. Everybody knew your business. Everybody knew about it. It would be one thing if didn't nobody know, but everybody knew about it. But God said, I'm going to bless you out of the negative situation that everybody knows about. I'm going to pull something good for everybody to talk about. Keep dreaming, keep believing, keep having faith. I'm done. You're here today. You say, Pastor, it's me. It's me. I got a bad reality. But Pastor, today, I'm willing to give it to God. I'll embrace it. I want him to heal me, whatever, because he can use me. Because after all I've been through, I don't want to have gone through this in vain. If I can help somebody, God, if you want me to preach about it, I'll preach about it. If you want me to teach about it, testify, sing about it, talk about it, look about it, walk about it, whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do it because I need freedom from this. That's you today. The altar's open. The altar's open. The altar's open. My God. I went longer than I wanted to, but God be the glory.